Welcome. You're listening to the Equine Photographers Podcast, the place to learn from top equine professionals around the world as they share their experience and knowledge on what it takes to be an accomplished equine photographer. Now your hosts, Peter DeMott and Gigi Embricks. Hi, this is Peter. I've been elected to be the one to do most of the introductions to this podcast. Being new to this, I'm doing the best I can not to sound sing-songy, which I've noticed in several recordings that I've been trying to make about this. I want this to be a podcast about the guest, and hopefully we'll ask the kinds of questions that you would want to learn about from our guests. We're going to be interviewing people that do show equine photography, art equine photography, wild horse equine photography. Today's podcast is an interview with a UK equine photographer who does horse and owner portraits. The interesting thing about Sophie Callahan of the UK is that she is a prolific and consistent blogger. And she blogs both on her website and then carries that over into her Facebook, as well as she has an extensive email list that she sends her blogs out to as well. During part of this conversation, we got into some pricing questions. And Gigi and I both got our exchange rates a little mixed up. 100 pounds of UK currency represents about 150 to 160 US dollars. So when you get to the part about pricing, just realize we were kind of mixed up, and I apologize for that. We're learning more and more each time we do these. Um, we'd love to have your input, uh, suggestions about who we might interview, comments about what we didn't ask or should have asked, that sort of thing. And to do that, you can do it with reviews on iTunes or please visit our website at equinephotographerspodcast.com. Now for our interview with Sophie Callahan. Hi, Sophie. Hello. This is Gigi. Hi, yeah, you all right? So, are you all anxious, Sophie? I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're excited to talk to you. I just was looking over your website, and uh, you do a really fine job of keeping up with your blog and your, you know, letting people know who you're photographing. And I, I was enjoying I was getting kind of involved in it and forgot about the interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah, it's a nice, nice website. Thank you. So uh, what we usually start out with is to find out how in the heck you got involved in equine photography. Were you raised with horses or did raised with yeah. photography or both? Uh, neither, actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> my parents are totally unhorsey. Uh, my mum's terrified and my dad has had about three riding lessons and thinks he can show jump in his sleep. But um, apart from that, everyone's unhorsey and un photography experience as well so I kind of did an equine degree and started taking photos of friends there and um, got into event photography and my dad's a bit of an entrepreneur 
he's got a couple of businesses and he he was like oh I'll, you know I'll help you set it up and he did the business side I did the photography side and um but we ended up photographing a lot of football a lot of dance events that kind of thing and we were kind of going along and it was so uncreative and it just wasn't really fulfilling um you know the reasons that I'd gone into photography in the first place and I'd seen some equine photographers online and I said to my dad you know I want to give this a go and he sort of looked at me as if to say you want to make a living out of photographing ponies (laughs) I don't know whether you two have had the same but ever since you know you tell people you're an equine photographer and they sort of look at you as if to say what yeah (laughs) does that exist what is that you know is that a job and that's kind of what he felt and I said well you know I'll give it a go. Let me do a few. If it takes off, brilliant. If it doesn't, I'll forget about it. And um, yes, I started doing that. And then a a year later, we sold the event photography business. Oh, really? Wow. When did you start actually with the equine photography? About four years ago, but I've been doing it full time for the last two years. Where do you get your customers and how do you get them? Facebook. Everything's done through Facebook and the blog. And they call you directly from that, or do they? Or they message me PM online, you? Yeah. yeah, or email, or yeah. But everything. I mean, I don't advertise anywhere else. I don't have trade stands at events or anything. It's just all done through Facebook and the blog. Yes, and the blog, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what kind of numbers you're getting on your blog in terms of visibility? Um, I mean, usually one post gets sort of between one and two thousand hits. But wow. I had, yeah, well, I had one recently that got over two hundred thousand. Oh my! So, wow. um, yeah, I don't. I have no idea what went on there. It was just total fluke, but obviously a, a good one. So yeah, I just had that with one of my blog posts. It's like, how did this happen? You know? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. We're not complaining, right? <laughs> no, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So uh, Gigi is in uh, Belgium, and they have all kinds of regulation on photography there. You have right. to have a degree just to be a photographer. Oh, my goodness. Uh, is there anything like that where you are? or What's the competition like for equine photographers in your area? It's hot and getting hotter, I think. It sort of sprouted from nowhere, I think. When I started... There were a few that I used to read their blogs religiously and look at their websites and love, but there really weren't very many. Whereas now, it, it really that you know they're sort of popping up all over the place. But um, that's okay, you know. There's room for everyone. But no, no, no regulations or, or anything like that. So kind of like America, you can just put out your shingle, do your you know taxes and you'll be fine yeah absolutely yeah everyone can call themselves a photographer can't they <laughs> yeah yeah see that that's a difference in belgium you cannot do that there's that's no quite cool. yeah it, it really limits the amount of people that do it there's quite a few that do it under the table like everything oh, really <laughs> <laughs> yeah of so so they're still there but it isn't as bad as like in america where every time you turn around there's somebody you know on your trail yeah. so yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like that here. I want to talk about your blog and your and your Facebook. Do you start on your blog and then post it onto Facebook, or do you go the other direction, or how do you do it? I write my blogs in advance when I can because obviously, especially at the moment, like peak season, I don't get much time to sit down and do it. So 
I write them in advance, get them all set up, and then just so I'm ready to press publish. And then once I've published them, I put the link on Facebook and on Pinterest and uh, Twitter and, yeah. And so, okay, tell me about Pinterest. How do you put the blog on Pinterest? You know, I love Pinterest, but I'm not sure I'm all that great at it. <laughs> you, do you just put pictures with a link or, yeah, or what? Yeah, I have kind of a header picture for each of my blog posts that has the title on it. And then you put that onto Pinterest with the link and, um, you know, maybe the first kind of line of your blog to sort of entice people to read it. Um, and, yeah, I hope that they they click the link. But I'm, I'm not sure I'm all that great at it. So I wouldn't. I mean, I love Facebook. I've, I've done a lot of research into, you know, what's best on Facebook and, and the blog and that kind of thing. But I still I play around with Pinterest, but I'm no expert. So. Uh-huh. Well, there, yeah, there's a lot of things to learn for sure. And do you Twitter also? I do, yeah. I mean, I'm not such a prolific tweeter or Twitter or whatever you want to call it as I am on Facebook, but I do use it. I think that there is definitely, um, you know, a place for that. And so do you just send a link on that too, or do you tweet about where you're headed and who you're shooting okay. and all that? A bit of both. I use uh, Instagram a lot. And so all my Instagram photos automatically go on my Twitter and as do my blog posts and that kind of thing. So it's more, I use Twitter kind of more as an automated thing. Um, And then every now and then I'll post a little, you know, off to this shoot or had a nice shoot this evening or um, that kind of thing. So So you do everything on Instagram too, huh? Yeah. So my, my four main or five main things are Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram and the blog. Those are the five things that I kind of use. You don't do any other marketing other than that? Nope, just that. Okay, so how much time does it take you to put all that together? Yeah, a lot. It's um, So many people kind of contact you and, and ask about, um, you know, how do I get more likes on Facebook? But it's such, there's no real one thing. It's just a long process, a lot of time invested, a lot of research you know, working it all out, what you're going to post in advance, that kind of thing. I try and do at least half an hour a day. Um, sometimes I don't manage that so much when I'm, I'm doing a lot of shoots. Um, and then in the winter, I can do more. Okay. So do you, do you catch up in the wintertime then? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, a lot. Uh-huh. I do a lot of it in the winter. I'm curious as when, you know, you regular shoot, do you offer just prints or do you offer you know, digital downloads at all? Or do you have a certain package or how how do you work your yeah, photo shoots? I have, I have um, all different kinds of things, really. I, I try and do something to suit everyone. Obviously, you can't please everybody, but uh, that's the aim as, as far as possible. So I have um, a disc of images. Um, you can you can buy, you know, a different number of images for uh, with the print rights. And then I do uh, print packages so rather than individual I do do individual prints as well but mostly people purchase the print packages um, and then things like canvas acrylics wall art that kind of thing as well so try and do a bit of something for everybody I feel like I'm an interrogator so I pro- apologize for that <laughs> but uh, you know as far as business goes you know in order to make it, it you know if your dad's an entrepreneur he probably has worked with you quite a bit to make sure that yeah. Everything is profitable, but we see lots of people that in the U.S. that will, you know, they'll sell eight by tens for six dollars because you know it only costs them two dollars and eighty-five cents to make, and they think they've got a big order if they get a hundred dollars, you know. So, 
I'm just talking about the people that don't quite understand what it takes to run a business in terms yeah. of really making a living at it. And you, you've switched over to full-time photography, and it's all equine. Do you have any sort of averages, and what's your highest and lowest that you've sold? Yeah, I mean, like you say, there are a lot of people that don't realize uh, what goes into it. And some people contact you. And my, I mean, my shoots, I, I think, I don't know how this will translate for you guys, because I think that in America especially, photography is a lot more expensive than it is in England. Okay. Uh, my shoots are 70 pounds. And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm probably the cheap end, or, or relatively, um, but that's not <coughs> unusual. And a lot of people contact me and they go, does that include all the images? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah what's so your, I, what's I mean, your goal? some people, and the goal is to earn as much money as possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course. Um, I, I mean, some people just spend £50. If they want to have a shoot uh, for £70 and then just spend £50 on, you know, one print or whatever, that's up to them. But then I have, you know, clients who want to decorate their whole house and they'll have, you know, thousands of pounds worth of uh, canvases or acrylics. Or, so it really, really massively varies from client to client uh-huh. yeah yeah and the average spend i would say is about 500 pounds probably oh that's okay good. that's what i was i guess everybody's interested in gear and what you use but what uh system are you in do you canon nikon or any of the mirrorless cameras today yeah no i have nikon okay yeah i have a d300s okay your favorite lens is my 18 to 200, which is my comfort blanket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm terrible at using, I mean, I really need to start pushing my comfort zone, but I love that lens. It does everything. Yeah. Well, when you're on a, a paid shoot, you want to make sure you, you get the job done. So you Especially go with, with, what... with the horses where, you know, you can be doing, um, you know, a real tight headshot and then coming out and doing a full body shot without having to, you know, swap lenses and stuff to, you, you, you want to make it as easy for the client as possible. And then um, the 18 to 200 just kind of does what I want it to do. So it looks like on your website, you're it, well, primarily English horses are warm bloods. Are, do you specialize in a certain breed or do you do whatever the client has? I think I've, I've done pretty much every breed that I can think of really I've done you know from miniature horses to to the heavy sort of shires and that kind of thing but I mean I've always had coloreds um little colored ponies so uh-huh. that's what that's my particular passion but I, I'll just do whatever really <laughs> yeah do you incorporate any other kind of photography into your business like pets or just plain portraits or families or anything like that I mean the other day I turned up and the girl had two dogs and she she asked if we could do some photos just of the dogs on their own and that's you know I'm more than happy to to do that so but if I can help it I don't book anything other than equine photography um, and I just do the others as an extra whilst I'm there oh that's great yeah okay I have a question for you then as far as the sales do you do an in-person sales session or is it all online or is it, do they sign paperwork when you're there? Uh, how do you yeah. sell to your clients? Yeah, I mean, I do all online. Um, I don't, wow. uh, yeah, a lot of people say that you should do in person and I totally get that um, the benefits for that, but I, I hate the sales side. I would do this job for free if I could. <laughs> I hate doing the sales bit. So I do it all online. I take uh, product samples with me to the shoot. 
Um, okay, so they do get to see what they're yeah, possibly yeah. buying. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at the end, I'll say, you know, have you had a think about what you want to do with the images? Um, and we'll discuss that if they want to have a look at the canvases and the acrylics and that they can. Um, and then I, I've got a very um, rigid process um, for, you know, post-shoot. Um, and I send them an email with the details that they need um, for ordering and explain what happens after the shoot. Then, then they get their gallery. Then they get a follow-up email. So it's all very um, sort of nailed down, if you like. Are they just looking at the gallery and then pushing by this? Or is it? Okay. You, do they send you an order or talk to you about it? Yeah, it's all done, uh, you know, sort of individually. Every client obviously wants different things. And, and the packages are set on my website. But obviously... If they want to change them or, you know, add something or rearrange them a little bit, then that's fine. So everything's done um, individually, either by phone or by email, however they, they want to do it. Um, and we discuss their order and then make sure it's exactly as they want it. And then I send them an invoice and off we go. I see a lot of people that have, you know, you just push a button and order this size and that size and everything yeah. else. But it sounds like you're more involved in the buying process, even though it's emails and on the phone, uh, yeah. than, than that. I think I think with event photography, that's okay, because we used to call it hot dog photography, because, you know, it's quick, it's easy, and you just want it to be as efficient as possible. But with this, people are buying an experience, I suppose. Um, and, you know, you want to make sure they get it right. If they're going to have something huge hanging in their living room, it's got to be the right thing. Yeah. Right. So tell me about the experience that you give your clients. I think what people appreciate quite a lot is that once when they book, um, we discuss their needs, what they're, you know, what they're after, what they're expecting. And once they've actually booked and paid for their shoot, I send them login details to my client area on my website which just has absolutely everything that they would need to know about their shoot, you know, ideas for outfits that they might want to wear, tips for finding locations, uh, what happens if it rains, all of that kind of thing. And then once they get there, it's all incredibly relaxed. We have a lot of fun. Um, I think everyone's so worried about having their picture taken that the main thing that I try and do is make sure that, you know, people are as relaxed and comfortable as possible. How do you help them to relax? I think that one of the most fantastic things about equine photography is that when someone's got a horse with them, I mean, like I've read a lot of blogs about bridal photography, portrait photography, where, you know, about posing and that kind of thing. What do you do with the model's hands? How do you make them stand? Whereas with equine photography, you've got an inbuilt prop there for them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're holding onto their horse, they're, they're giving their horse attention. It's so once you put their focus onto their horse, it's almost like their nerves evaporate. You tell them it's all about the horse. Um, you know, the focus isn't on them at all, and suddenly they're just so much more comfortable. You know, you, if you keep talking to them, joke about their horse, ask them questions because every horse owner, you know, they love their horses like people do their children. They want to talk about them. They want to tell you about them, and I think that that helps as well. Keep them nice and relaxed and. So you ask them lots of questions about their horse, too, is that? Yeah, that's how I get all my blog information. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. So do you record it, or do you just remember everything you've talked about? Because oh, your I blogs are not short. They're pretty long. <laughs> yeah. No, I just I remember most of it. Every now and then I do have to go back and say, remind me what you told me about your horse, or how old is your horse again, or, you know, you know that kind of thing. But most of the time I just remember what they've said. <laughs> 
I'm sure they share their blog with family members and other people, which only expands your, you know, network of more people who, oh, I want to have that experience. Yeah, of course, and, yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about the blog. And I think as well, one of the things that um, from, you know, people on Facebook that have liked my page, that it, it makes it more personal. If there's just an image of a horse and a rider and you don't know who they are, what their story is, what their names are, it's just a horse and a rider. If, if you've got their story, it kind of, it gives people more to comment about, more to relate to. And I think that that's why people... I get a lot of people that say that they read my blog, you know, on a daily or weekly basis. And I think that that's why, because, you know, they can relate to it and connect. How often do you blog? Like after every session or you, do you have a set schedule like every Wednesday or do you just, when you do a session, you just blog? I just, I mean, I have a, a rough plan um, for the week or the month, but I, you know, I think with anything in business, you've got to be prepared to throw that plan out the window, (laughs) you know, go flow. So I I blog after every shoot. Um, and then that's usually sort of a couple of days after the shoot. And then I just fill that in with, you know, other things like blogs about equine photography or about horses or, you know, anything that I feel needs blogging about. (laughs) Oh, do you do that weekly or you're not on a set schedule? Cause I know. No, no, just, yeah, just every couple of days usually. Oh, okay. That's quite a bit because blogging is, you know, it's time consuming. You read yeah, and yeah. write and reread and rewrite and reread. <laughs> yeah, I've always been a bit of a writer. So I love, oh. I, I enjoy it. So I just do it in front of the telly, really. I write the blogs, you know, in the evenings or in the winter mostly. And then so they're set up ready to go. Um, you know, when I need to fill some blog space, they're, they're sort of all ready to press publish. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I noticed your blog post about group shoots and how wonderful group shoots are. Yeah. Uh, Tell us about that. Group shoots are probably my favorite because like we were saying earlier about how it's an experience, it becomes even more so, I think, with a group shoot because you you get a group of friends who all have an experience together. So they're all talking about it in advance, planning their outfits, um, you know, going on a ride and looking for a location that they might use. They're all helping bath their ponies together. Um, and you t- I turned up to one the other day and it was just an absolute hive of activity. And there was one woman getting her makeup done in the tack room. One woman was bringing in a massive basket of cakes that she'd baked for everybody. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it was so nice. And they really include you as well. You end up feeling like you're really part of that that group of people. Um, and then, you know, on the actual shoot, they help getting the ponies' ears forward. And it's just – and then afterwards, obviously, the anticipation of seeing the images. Yeah. Yeah, it just turns into a real occasion. How many people were at that shoot? That one – it started off as one. Then it went to six. Oh then on the actual day, it ended up as nine. And then when I was there, two more people – asked if they could be included so I ended up doing 11. <laughs> wow that's that's a lot. Yeah. Do you have like a package so for the group like you pay this much and you get this 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 and with that package or do you keep it more like a regular shoot where they can order whatever? It depends really they the actual cost of the shoot becomes less if there's more people because uh-huh. uh, obviously they get less time and whereas on my ordinary shoots they'll have three outfit changes on a group shoot they'll only get one each and that oh. kind of thing so okay. they, they pay less initially but then afterwards um it depends what they want really sometimes they all want all of the images on a disc so I'll do a discount for them or 
um, you know, create a package that suits them or that some, some want to order individually. So that's fine too. Yeah. It really does come down to, you know, helping the customer get what they want in the end. So going with the flow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What would you say are your uh, best selling products in terms of most consistent sales and, and most profitable for you? Uh, probably the disc. What percentage of people do you think buy the disc versus buying prints? I would say probably quite a high percentage. I reckon about 40% of people buy a disc. Not, I mean, some will buy all of the photos, some will buy a selection. The cost of a disc is obviously going to be less than the cost of a canvas or something like that. But obviously the cost is then just my own time because I have to edit every single image. And I'd prefer the cost to be my own time than, than monetary cost. So... So if you're touching every image, how much is your post-processing taking in terms of time? If they want 20 images versus all the images, what does that mean? Do they? Yeah. I mean, obviously, they don't, I mean, they they don't get, get everything. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. When I say all images, obviously, I mean, I usually end up in my final gallery that I send to the um, client. They usually end up with between 80 and 100 images. Um, which I, th- I think is quite high compared to a lot of photographers. But I think things like facial expressions and stuff, I'd, I'd prefer to keep two images that are similar because I might like the client's facial expression in one. She might think she looks awful, you know, things right. like that. I try and sort of give them the options. So I, I edit all of the images to a certain degree, put them in the gallery, and then if they want the images on a disc, they all get a further level of processing like obviously things in the background will get removed often um, lead reins and um, things like that will get removed but obviously that takes time so on average probably a couple of days to edit if if they want everything on a on a disc there'll be a couple of days work there that's a a lot of images but you're you probably explained to them before that the images on the gallery will be not completely edited and just for viewing Yeah, yeah. you always get some that kind of screenshot and pop them on Facebook and you have to go in and be a bit of a nag. But yeah. um, most of the time people are fairly good and obviously because it's such a personal thing, um, I'm very in touch with my clients and I, I, I'm friends with them all on Facebook so they don't really get away with, you know, putting them on there and nicking them. So I mentioned earlier about the post-shoot process that I have. I send them, uh, you know, an email that explains everything and that explains in there that the gallery that they get sent the link to the images are just for their viewing purposes and they're they're not fully edited you know and that sort of thing so people they're fairly they're fairly good yeah I think it's uh communication is probably the biggest key to making sure people respect your work but also get a chance to see you know before you have to go deep dive into each one because that would be a waste of time and money if you yeah do that first See that's the ones that they're going to keep forever. Otherwise, it's just yeah pointless. Well, it sounds like you have a pretty good handle on your business, which is that's a big accomplishment. Is trying to come up with your system, how you're going to work it, and and talking to your clients and getting clients. And it's it's interesting to me that you do a, almost all your marketing online. I think that is kind of the way things are going, and everybody's you know especially younger people um, that that's how they communicate today so you might as well be there yeah I think I think that was born more of necessity than anything else you know I didn't have the money to plow into the business so I had to kind of come up with 
a way to reach people um, that was free or inexpensive. And I, th- I think social media is such an incredible tool. You know, your, your clients are already hanging out there. You don't even need to, you know, find a way to get your advert in front of you. It just does it for you. And I think that if you work out how to utilize that, it's just an amazing tool. I wonder if Facebook's any different over there as it is here because it seems like, you know, it used to be that if you had a couple of hundred likes, then all those people would see your work. But yeah. now now you have to pay. Do you pay? You don't pay anything for any of your stuff? No, no I think I personally, I think the key, I mean, I see a lot of people saying, you know, my, my posts aren't reaching people and stuff. But I think the key is to keep people engaged when you're not advertising when you know in the evening sometimes if I've got nothing else to post I'll just post something like show me photos of your horses this weekend or show me photos of your chestnut ponies or something like that and it'll just get people engaged just because everyone wants to share photos of their horses it just keeps people interested so that when I then post photos that I want them to see, it automatically lands on their newsfeed because they've already been engaging me. So Facebook thinks that they want to see what I've got to say. So uh-huh. I think that's the key. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think you you need some knowledge on how Facebook works. And it's always changing. And we need to also keep up with how Facebook and all these social media changes another question i have do you have a um email list of your own of your clients no doubt i do i have one but i don't really use it i i need to it's one of the things that for this year is kind of on my list of priorities is to start doing mail outs because i don't really i have a list but it's sort of sitting there a bit redundant at the moment yeah but as long as you have each clients it's just that we don't all know what facebook's going to do in the future and change, and then you know, at least we have our clients ourselves in our own, you know, world rather than just strictly online. I think that's a a problem. People think Facebook's going to be here forever, and they could fold tomorrow. You know, there's been other so well, Google Plus is is one that's questionable right now. So yeah, I can get my head around Google Plus. <laughs> no, I tried it. I couldn't either. <laughs> no, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> no, no, I, I tried it. It's just a different way. You know, there's there's the Google Plus people and, and there's the Facebook people, I think. So they both work, I think, if you know how they work and, and understand the platform. Yeah. Well, I think that's a your explanation of engaging your clients really uh, is something that I hadn't heard before in terms of getting Facebook to let you show your stuff to them. Yeah. I think that's good. If you don't get anybody liking your your content, it assumes that you've got nothing interesting to say and it doesn't then post your future content onto people's pages. So I think you just have to keep people interested. And they have to be sending stuff to you in order for you to get their stuff. A like or a share or a comment means that, you know, they'll then see future future content. Huh, okay. You got to work the system. You have, yeah. <laughs> Play the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's time consuming, but, you know, it's you can reach so many more people than, you know, how it used to be mailing out something or, you know. Uh, Advertising uh, in a magazine or. Yeah, yeah. This is a lot, actually a lot easier to reach more people. You have to be extremely busy with three to five shoots a, a week. 
tell us about a, a typical day. Um, it, well, I have two kinds of days. <laughs> One okay. is a processing day, and obviously the other is a shoot day. Mostly I only do one shoot a day if I can help it, unless I know that there's going to be you know, a few in the same area. And I try and also do most of my shoots in the evenings for obvious reasons. A lot of the time I'll, I'll edit in the morning, process shoots from um, photos from a previous shoot, and then sort of around lunchtime I'll start getting ready for, for the evening and I print out contracts that my, my clients sign and that sort of thing, and then obviously go off to my shoots. I mean, I travel anything from five minutes up the road to sort of I've got one shoot that's six hours drive in the summer um yeah so I'm all over the UK so obviously that it depends where I'm going as to what time I leave and then now, do you charge day. for the dri- driving time yeah well I, yeah I charge travel expenses yeah uh-huh tell us about your most uh disastrous event because I just thought of our Somebody on a dress with a horse, and I've seen that yeah. backfire. But what, what's your yeah. biggest disaster? Um, until last year, until last spring, I hadn't had any accidents whatsoever. And I, I told one girl that, and then after that I had three last year. <laughs> so I, I can't go around saying that anymore. But um, I had one young girl who went to get on bareback, and her sister gave her a bit of a dodgy leg up. And the horse shot off down the road and we had to chase it down a road. It was fine. It did just go back to, to its home. But, um, yeah, it was, a bit, it was a bit of a hairy moment. She um, went flying off? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was fine, but okay. she was running down the, down the road in a dress with bare feet. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a pleasant experience. <laughs> That's when you need then, a videographer, right, <laughs> for behind oh the scenes. Oh, God, I don't know. Do you? Or do you just want to forget it? <laughs> <laughs> And then um, I had one girl, which actually was quite serious. She um, got on again, got on her pony bareback, and it bucked, and she came off, and the pony's hoof connected with her head. Oh, um, yeah! And there was quite a lot of blood. And she again, she was fine, and I just sort of grabbed the pony and, and dealt with the pony, and her dad dealt with her. But I mean, I think I'm so safety conscious, and I don't have any. Um, involvement in the decision that my clients make in getting on bareback or without hats or in dresses or that's entirely their decision if they want to have a hat and a you know a back protector and a saddle and all of that that's fine we'll work with that that's not a problem it's entirely their decision to forego safety equipment <laughs> but that I think it just reminds you that we are working with animals not machines and you know you have to be respectful and there things do happen so yes. it's just part yes. of the job do you have that written up in your contracts, some sort yeah. of a liability release and that sort of thing? I do, yeah. When I get there, when I get to my shoots, my clients sign two contracts. One is um, that they'll allow me to, you know, use the images as I want to use them on Facebook or for sale or whatever. And the other one is to say that um, all liability is theirs. They're responsible for their safety, their horse's safety. Anything that happens is nothing to do with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Have you learned? all the different breeds and what's expected in terms of how they should look? Or is it more about just that intimate relationship with their horse? Um, a bit of both, I think, because, I mean, I've had horses, like I said, like whether since they were, were alone or, yeah, 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 since I was three. So you kind of, it's kind of come second nature, you know, what a horse owner would want in a, in an image because I have always been a horse owner. So, 
Um, that part, I think, is just something that you learn over your lifetime around horses. But as for the breeds, I recently, uh, well, just before Christmas, actually, um, <laughs> shot some miniature horses. And Those I've are had fun. Think, yeah, well, they're hilarious little animals. They're so naughty. Uh-huh. <laughs> if our if our big horses behave like they behave, they behave. We would all be dead. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. But they you were could hilarious. just push them away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're just little. They're like little dogs. Uh-huh. But there was a lot to do with um, their conformation and their breeding. I didn't understand because I've never had anything to do with them. They were a totally different animal. Right. Um, it's really, really interesting, and I kind of learned as I went along. But so I'm you had to ask lots of questions? Yeah, the girl, it was like a little lesson as I was there. The girl was teaching me about, you know, the, the different uh, bridles that they wear and all the accessories that they, it's like a little, you know, when you buy a Barbie and she comes with accessories, <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's what the kind of concept is with these little miniatures is they are little play horse, you know, my pretty pony. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, it's great. I want one. I can put little bows on, and <laughs> it, was, it was great. But it was, and it was a really interesting learning experience. And I kind of thought that, you know, most horses with with the larger horses, they're all kind of the same. You you understand confirmation, and obviously there are different breeds, and um, but you understand how to stand them up, and whereas these ponies were totally different. Wouldn't you say that you had to try to make them look like they were full size horses, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to shoot from their shoulder height, which means you're down on your hands and knees. Yeah, and it, the way that their necks were positioned and that kind of thing was quite a an education. Uh huh. That's why I like draft horses. I I don't have to get down at all. But no. <laughs> sometimes I need a stool to get up to the yeah. shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I feel your pain. I'm very short. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's just kind of have some fun here. What would you tell somebody? in the United States or other countries in terms of what it takes to be an equine photographer like you, what advice you might give them if they're starting out? What are the mistakes that you've made that you would encourage them not to make? A lot of mistakes. <laughs> Tell us about I think those. That, firstly, I think that mistakes are the best way of learning. I think that there is no substitute for experience. Secondly, I think that you've got to be totally passionate about it. Whatever you're photographing, I think that you've got to be able to live it and breathe it because you're going to have to. If you want to make a business out of it, you're going to have to do it seven days a week till two o'clock in the morning. You know, I would, like I said earlier, I would do this job for free because I absolutely love it, apart from the fact I have to pay bills. You know, I think that um, my dad has always kind of taught me and my brothers that whatever you want to do whatever dream you have somebody's going to go out there and do it so you might as well make that person you you know otherwise you're going to be sitting there watching somebody else doing it thinking why didn't I give that a go you've got to kind of just jump in the deep end and give it a go jump in the water so you said uh you know you know you be willing to work until two in the morning do you have a life (laughs) (laughs) I do, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, but that's why I work till two in the morning because, I, like, if I have a day off, um, and I mean, in the winter, I have a lot of days off. I sit around okay, watching okay. friends writing blog posts a lot of the time. But in the summer, you kind of have to take the work while it's there. So from about May to October time, I, I am flat out a lot of the time. And if I have a day off, I'll end up 
doing whatever I'm doing that day, coming home and, you know, just sitting down to have a cup of tea and I'll end up just editing a couple and that'll turn into editing till two in the morning. Yeah. Right, right. I I mean, obviously I have um, a life with horses and all my friends have horses and I go to shows with them. Um, I live with my other half. Um, We've got a dog and, you know, so I do, yeah, I do have a life. (laughs) Well, I mean, I was being facetious. I know, I know. Just trying to get the conversation going. (laughs) So, you know, you said something about Typically, you have 80 to 100 deliverables in terms of images for the client to look at. When you uh, do a shoot, you said it would be usually an hour to two hours. Yeah. And then, uh, and how many Im- raw images do you have before you uh, whittle usually it down? Between two and 300. Okay, so you cut it by about half. Yeah. Or, or more. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's probably quite normal you know when you're shooting with especially like you have children involved and animals involved there's going to be a lot that just don't work just it just doesn't work out no (laughs) you'll think it's great and then they'll put their eat back yeah right and you are also talking about having your sessions in the evenings Mm -hmm. what time do you normally start compared to dusk at the moment, I think that the sun goes down just about nine o'clock, and I'm starting shooting at about. I, I try and start get there about half past six, so then we usually start around seven. It gives me plenty of time. I don't want to run out of light. <laughs> you know right, what horses right. can be like. And it, it looks like all your um, images on your website. You stress that they're all well groomed, um, not just pulled out of the <laughs> pulled out of the barn. Yeah. Um, I mean, that might be obvious, but I've run into that where they just, you know, pull them out yeah. and they're I not mean, it, groomed and the horses. Everyone has different standards, don't they, I think. And uh, because I, I'm into showing, a lot of the people that I photograph show, because obviously naturally that's the network that I kind of have built. Um, so you turn up and most of the time, if you've got an animal that's competing, um, they're fairly well turned out. And, yes. you know, yes. photos are going online. People want their horses to look nice. Every now and then you do get, you know, someone that's not made such an effort. And that's up to them. If that's how they want to see their horse on their wall, then um, that's their prerogative. So yeah. you kind yeah. of you don't, uh, you don't say, hey, let's go find a better lead or, or not. Sometimes, I mean, most of them ask you advice. They'll say, do you want them in a head collar or a bridle? Is this okay? Is that okay? And you kind of have to guide them a little bit. But, I mean, and some people, when you get there, they haven't groomed them, but they want to. The the other day I got there and the woman decided, as I arrived, that she wanted to plait. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. She wanted to do what now? She wanted to plait, braid its mane. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, so... And that's fine, you know, it, it only took her half an hour and we just stood and, and that was quite a good opportunity for me to kind of get to know her and get a lot of information out of her. So you really have to be flexible and relaxed. And I, I am, by nature, the most easygoing person. My mum always says, if I was any more laid back, I'd fall over. Um, and I think that that really helps. Yeah, that's a good quality to have, especially around animals. You know? Yeah, exactly. I don't get stressed. I, you know, you just got to be easygoing I think <laughs> yeah yeah well we're just about reaching the end here so I've, I've learned a lot from listening to you I don't do a lot of portraits but now and then I I get requests for them and it's nice to hear someone who does a lot of portraits you know you 
you get some insight on how it all works. So, Well, I can't wait to hear the other podcasts as well. I think it's going to be exciting. Um, one thing with the blog that I didn't, I, um, didn't say earlier, but I think is an important point to make, is that I think it's totally, it totally changes the way people view you. You go from being just kind of another photographer to, I mean, I, I wouldn't count myself as an expert. I don't think anyone would, but that's what people end up seeing you as. You know, I'm only sharing like the lessons that I've learned along the way, but I think people kind of then look at you as somebody who really knows what they're doing and that makes a huge difference when people are booking you, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I hear a lot on discussions that I don't have time to blog. I'm not a good writer. Um, it, it's too much work. I don't have time. But I think the benefit, I've done it off and on for a year, and now I'm getting more serious with it. The benefits far outweighs. You Absolutely. Know. You can commit to it. It's such a great tool again. Yeah. Are you on uh, WordPress? Yeah. So you have a self-hosted WordPress site? I don't know. I just have an ordinary. That is one thing I need to change this year. But at the moment, it's just an ordinary WordPress. So it's on. It's on WordPress. It's not on your site. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people just link their blog to their website, and you know, because WordPress is a good place to blog. Um, right. Well, it doesn't quite have all the features that are available on the self-hosted. No, that's I, what I said. Obviously, you're being successful with it. So, is it? Li- it is a linked page on your website. Is that how yeah. you do it? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I just have one more quick question. How do you keep yourself relevant in the in the photography world as far as education and you know learning? This industry changes by the hour. You know, you've got to keep yourself relevant of what's going on and what new equipment's coming out. And how do you handle keeping up with the uh, industry that way in education? I read a lot. I, I do a lot of, of research. Again, you know, on those evenings where you're, you're processing until early hours of the morning, you kind of uh, break that up because obviously your eyes go a little bit square. Yeah. Um, you break you know, I sit on Facebook and on Pinterest and reading um, all the, you know, photography resources. A lot of them are more weddings and portraits and that kind of thing. But I do think there's a lot you can learn from those as well. Um, I think the fact that you guys are doing this is fantastic. Hopefully there'll be more, you know, equine photography resources than there are at the minute. And that's one of the reasons I started my blog as well, because those websites are so important to me when I started um, that I thought if I could help someone in that same position, it would be, a, a, you know, a, it can only be a good thing. So those those photography resource websites and forums and blogs and that kind of thing, um, I follow a lot of those very closely. Do you watch any uh, Creative Live episodes? Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, all uh-huh. of those. Um, Photographer's Connection is one that I... Photographer's um, Connection? Yeah. I've never um, heard of that one. Yeah, it's good. It's got it's got um, a group online as well, which is quite nice, like, like the Equine Photographers Network one, where you can kind of go and ask questions rather than just read and, <coughs> and watch blogs and videos and stuff. So uh, all of those things, I think it's, you know, really important to keep in with what's going on with those. Yeah, it's good to share. If everybody shares, you know, we all learn, we all get better, we raise the industry. 
and then we can raise our prices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So yeah. I think, you know, so everyone's so worried about competition and about when my dad found out I was doing this, the first thing he said was, don't give away all your trade secrets. And I said, dad, that's what I do every day on my blog. <laughs> you know, like, there's room for everybody. Um, and I think that, you know, helping each other is only going to benefit everyone rather than keeping secrets. And, you know, I yeah. can't stand all of that. I, so you're I, gonna you're gonna be listening to our uh, podcast then aren't, while you're oh absolutely yeah I'll be sharing them and everything oh, oh great, good that'll great. be fun well we hope to probably launch um, sometime in September we figure after the summer months of busyness is over and then we get some experience under our belts um, but we will need everybody's help on you know put you know yeah, putting absolutely. it out there so we appreciate yeah, we that yeah awesome very exciting yeah. Well, it's been great to have you as one of our guests. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, because you're doing, you know, you're doing, you're out there in the trenches with uh, with what a lot of uh, other photographers are dreaming about. So it's good to know, you know, what it's like and how you set up your business. Okay. Thank you very much for having me. It was lovely to speak to you. Nice to speak okay. with you, Sophie. Thanks for joining us for the Equine Photographers Podcast. We hope that you were inspired to grow and improve as an equine photographer by listening today. Join us for the next episode to learn, grow, and be inspired as we interview some of today's outstanding equine image makers.